Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh come on! With Mike and Jesse. And this is episode 10. This is like an anniversary episode. Yes, yes. I'm happy to be with you. Yes. For our 10th. Yes, for our 10th te- anniversary. <laughs> it's that, so that's, that's the beer episode. I gave you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, but before we get started, uh, we have some news that we've got a Twitter account now. It's at Sporty Rants, S-P-O-R-T-Y-R-A-N-T-S. So please hit us up on our Twitter account, and if you have any uh, requests for something you want us to talk about on future episodes, put it on there. Uh, we could, we might also do polls in the future for things, but um, yeah. we will we will continue to rant throughout the week. It just won't be on Thursdays <laughs> exclusively. It'll be in 150 characters or less. That's and, right. And honestly, right. there's not too much much ranting on there. We I usually just put uh, like uh, cool plays that happened over the week or nice nice individual efforts, things like that. Uh, interesting fantasy sports information, that type of thing. So yeah. we keep it all sports related and uh, just try to keep it interesting. There you go. Now to our first subject, the UFC. Now, the only way... That guy made some news. He made some news. <laughs> and if you don't know about it, you're obviously living under a rock and you don't hear a podcast anyways. Um, so, McGregor faced Habib. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to say his... Nurmagomedov. There we go. Okay. And uh, Habib submitted him in round... Submitted McGregor in round four. Yes. And then that's when shit goes crazy. Yes. Yeah. So it was... It went full on after that. And, and to, I mean, before we get into that even, these, these are two amazing fighters. And, yes. And Khabib is a beast uh, for beating Connor. Like, these are two of the best at their craft, too. So not to take anything away from that, but they it, actually truly hate each other. Is it Khabib or Habib? Habib, Khabib. I say, I, it's, it's, it starts with a K, but I say Khabib okay. sometimes. I, I listened to a few videos and yeah. they were saying Habib, so I just want to, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to make him angry. They're probably saying it right. I'm probably misspeaking, but uh, that's uh, okay. Nurmagomedov is the last name. I nail that every time, which <laughs> nobody can seem to do. There you go. <laughs> yeah, these guys, uh, these guys got some bad blood with each other. Yeah. Con- uh, Connor's a massive trash talker with everyone he faces, but this got pretty personal with uh, with uh, the Eagle. How about we call him the Eagle? That's his nickname. The Eagle, yeah, that's yeah. right. So this got pretty personal with him with a lot of kind of, you know, stuff about him being from Russia and his nationality and his religion and things like that. Got into it with his father. Like, I know yep. there's, there's a lot of history his father has with, you know, in, in politics or, or kind of in the militia, things like that. So. Yep, and, and about his religion. He made comments about – he also made comments to – Habib's trainer called him a terrorist snitch during the press conference. Right, and he claimed that he got kicked off. He got taken off a plane. He uh, got taken off a plane. Coming uh, from Cairo to New York. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. and uh, it is alluding to uh, the, the trainer that... being like an FBI snitch is what he's alluding to. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, McGregor being McGregor, but that doesn't make it okay. Like, there's trash talk. But I think I personally think McGregor took it too far. I tend to lean that way too. Uh, it's you know when when you start going yeah. after the guy's religion and stuff like like trash talk him about his looks, trash talk him about his like fighting style. I don't know, 
about like stuff yeah. that, but not religion. Like what the I, fuck? I always thought there was a couple things that were off limits when when these things happen. Like these things get going after one another. I think is is commonplace in these altercations or in these back and forth. But like there's certain things like lots of fighters. You're not going to go after the other person's significant other, their wife or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of something that you is kind of mutually agreed upon. They're like, let's not get into that at all. Yeah, on either side. But uh, you know, Connor don't give a fuck about that. He doesn't he's give gonna, a fuck. He, he's going to say what he wants to say. He wants to sell fights and he's the best at selling fights in this he business. He sure is. So the, his opponents kind of understand that too. They're making a lot of money because he's doing this. So it's a kind of a catch-22. You know what? And, and if he learns to stop swearing, when he retires he's going to be in WWE making like $8 million a year. That, that. The way the way he sells and self promotes, like it's a professional wrestler's dream. But anyway, so I'm sure everyone has seen the video of of after Habib chokes out McGregor, that he throws his mouth guard out the cage, and then he jumps over the cage and tries to do like a flying kick to one of one of the guys in McGregor's camp, causes all this shit, and then McGregor runs over to that side of the of the cage. And people are trying to hold him back, and he takes a swing at one of Habib's guys. Yeah, one of Habib's guys came in from their side and was running across to attempt to grab Khabib. Yeah. And as he was trying to hop over the fence, he didn't want anything to do with McGregor at the time, but as he was trying to hop over the fence, uh, McGregor went and tried to take a swing at him when he was trying to go get his own guy off McGregor's coach. Yeah. And then after that, a couple more of uh, Nurmagomedov's fans came down or, or they might have been in his entourage. I don't they think were they, in his they, they're not. They're not fans. Yeah, pardon me. They were in his entourage. Yes, and, and they hop the fence and they start trying to fight Connor. Yes, and and like, one guy it's just chaos. One guy punched him from behind. Yeah, like fucking. Yeah, shit. it was it was two on one for a split second, and one guy did get a, a cheap shot in from behind. Connor kind of was he was almost like ready in a sense. He got his hands up again and kind of got out of it. And I don't think it did any major damage, but yeah, it's just it, it can't happen. Like. Like, this is a joke. Fuck. And Well, and that's the thing. Like, no matter how... UFC's, I'm, I'm happy for it. I love it. But and that's the joke. thing. But like, it's a joke for the safety. Like, we're talking about this now. Yeah. So, it, it's getting it, it's getting more and more play. But the problem is, is what you... The problem UFC has is no matter how mainstream it gets, there's people in this world that still think of it as human cockfighting. Yeah. To be quite honest. They're like, there's no fucking rules. It's just human cockfighting. It's a blood sport. How can you watch that? That it's it's disgusting, and the problem is, is when something like this happens, it just gives them ammunition. Oh yeah, right yeah. now now they're gonna say be like, see, I fucking told you. Yeah, and you I, know? I hope the UFC is past that point where they have to worry about that. Not that it happens, but I hope they're past the point they have to worry about it. But they're con- I, I agree with you. They're constantly fighting this this it, stigma. It, it, it's a stigma for sure, yeah. and you know what? They're never gonna be past it because. It's not enough just to have your hardcore fans buying your product. What will drive the business is getting the casual fan to come and buy it for these super fights. That's why they book it. Yes. Because uh, there's absolutely no reason that George St. Pierre comes back and gets a title shot right away. If it, if it wasn't driven by pay-per-view buys. Right? That's but a, it that, is. Yeah. That's the thing about the and UFC. CSP yeah. brings in not only the hardcore fan, he brings in the casual fan. And that, that's the game they're playing. And this kind of shit will turn people away. So it's going to hurt UFC. It's not going to hurt them big, but it's going to hurt them. But I think I think I think Connor brings in the casual fan more than anybody too. Yes. So yes. and and but this might turn off some of the people. I might. You know, it might. Have, yeah. You know. 
That it was just I could not believe what I was witnessing. Like I was like, "Holy fuck, this is crazy!" But I think even the people it turns off, I think they're going to grab more than it turns off because it, it, whether people want to admit it or not, some people might li- not like want to watch this. But it's 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 human nature to want to watch people fight, and I know that's I, true. I, I know that's that, true. I know that might sound weird to some people, but. It is absolutely in our DNA to want to watch this. That's why this sport will always be strong. And like you said, they might have to do a couple tweaks to get it really to be as big as it should be because people want to watch it. That's true. Um, And the women's division has taken off huge now. Those are real fighters. Like, I was hoping when the women's division started a while back, there was this concern that it was going to be like WWE women's where they were wearing these skippy outfits and stuff. Yes. And they they put a stop to that pretty quickly. And now the female fighters are amazing and fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, A couple of notes that I had here, which I thought was interesting, uh, is TMZ Sports was reporting that Dylan Dennis, or Denny, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Mm -hmm. who was in Habib's corner, was called, or sorry, was in McGregor's, he's he's one of McGregor's trainers, was calling Habib a fucking Muslim rat throughout the entire, um, yeah, uh, and excuse my language for the the racial slur there. I I gotta believe that's probably true. (laughs) Uh, That's that's it. It, it, And it's been corroborated by people that have been, uh, that were around like the little area that they're sitting, sitting in. So that's why Habib was probably fucking livid afterwards. But you still don't... What are you doing hopping out of the cage? This and, is Yeah. This is very rare that it gets this personal. Very rare. Exactly. And you know what? Jim Rome made a good point the next day. He's like, you know, you wanted to say that... You wanted to bring, uh, like, the fight game back to more, uh, more of a competition. Not the trash talk. Not the bullshit. But you hopping out of the cage and trying to drop kick some, some bitch out there negated everything you were trying to do. Yep. Yeah, that's straight up, and 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 he admitted that he's like he's like he's like that was a bad decision, and I was just, he he admitted basically he was seeing red, and there was nothing that was going to yeah. stop him from doing that. But he does make a good point. Uh, so the guys that attacked McGregor, three of them were arrested. Yeah, and like Habib said, he's like, why the fuck wasn't McGregor arrested and whatever in New York when he threw a goddamn trash can at my tour bus? That's a great point. And you know? that's a great point. And also the reason that those guys were arrested but released was because Conor McGregor said, I'm not pressing charges. Yeah, he decided not to press charges, which is okay, sure. Yeah, um, Which he should which he, he should have because like, there's no his, reason to his, do that. His, his camp played a huge fact yeah. in it too. Yeah. Oh, big, um, big punishment though. Both suspender, both fighters are suspended. <laughs> both suspenders. <laughs> yeah, both fighters, suspenders get both you fighters are suspended for at least 10 days. At least 10 days and they're going to look into suspending them indefinitely. That's not from... Fighting? That's from fighting in Nevada. Right. Because McGregor's suspended indefinitely from fighting in New York. Yeah. For the bus incident. And these guys aren't getting suspended indefinitely from nothing. No. But then what... And also the Nevada State Commission is withholding Habib's purse. I saw that, but not McGregor's. But not McGregor's. They're they're saying he was at fault for jumping out of the ring. And then Dana White's like, you know what? Like, And he came out and he said Habib was in the wrong and I agree with the commission. And I was like, whoa, that's that's quite the stance. That is quite the stance, but... And yeah. then, I guess one of Habib's... Uh, his brother is in his training camp and is also a fighter. And there's rumors that Dana White... And he partook in the craziness. And there's rumors that Dana White is going to fire him. And oh. th- so this came out two hours ago. So he can fire someone from someone else's camp? Yep, yeah, nobody's a fighter under the UFC. Oh, oh so he's going to fire him as a fighter. Okay, yes. I see what you're yes. saying. And, uh, and then Habib came out and said, if you fire him, 
you could just break my contract or I'll break my contract, you'll never see me again. So that's a that's a new twist that just happened about like this just got released like two or three years two or three hours ago, so just fucking craziness. With this, people eat this shit up. This is this is and that's it. This is some of the most amazing drama you could get in real life. And you know what the best. The best thing about the UFC is for all the all the trash talking, no matter what happens during the trash talking, at the end of the day, you get to have a fist fight about it. Yes. Which is more of a resolve than any other sport. Yep. You don't get that. Like in football, you get trash talking and then you, you don't, you know, one t- team wins and one team loses, but you don't feel like the score is settled. Yeah, exactly. But this, uh, but I don't even think this is settled. But that's true too. That, but that's with what happened afterwards. That's true. Um, it's insane. Uh, Dana White uh, had a press conference after saying he was pissed off. He didn't because this is not a look that he's looking for at UFC, which I I understand yeah. because I do think it's going to turn away some casual fans. I don't know how many, yeah. but it is going to affect his pocketbook. Because I think the guys that thir- the people that thoroughly enjoy that kind of shit are already watching UFC. They're not tuning in just for the mega fights. They're already mm, watching right. it. Yeah. The casual fan. Uh, the term I kept hearing thrown around was the soccer mom, and I'm like, well, how many soccer moms are in? Yeah, I don't, fight? I don't know a lot of soccer moms. That are yeah, doing that like anyway. I could see them being in the like, like having a bottle of wine in the kitchen while their husband, yeah, ordered the fight, and maybe they come in for the final, and they're like, holy fuck, look at this shit, <laughs> you know? Um, so I thought that was interesting, but I do think it's going to lose some casual fans just because. I, I think that that's I, the way these type of things go. I think maybe they might lose money with the casual fan until the next pay per view that Conor McGregor and uh, the Eagle are a part of. Well, and, and then and they are going to blow away the so box office. Where, and where do you book? Where do you book the next fight? Do you book it in a fucking stadium now? Do you do you contact Dallas? Can we fit a hundred thousand people in this motherfucker so we can watch these guys beat beat each other up? Yeah. Holy moly. And you can bet the security is going to be a little bit more than it was at that fight. Yes. And the security was actually pretty prevalent at that fight, but yes. it just went off when Gabib uh, jumped out of the cage, which he admitted later. Vladimir Putin was saying great things about him. He, they met, and Putin was praising him, basically. And, 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 <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, and Gabib was like, Habib was said, uh, he's like, you know, I'm a little embarrassed about that. That was, I, I let my emotions get the better of me, and I wish I wouldn't do that. And then his father was also in attendance, and Putin said to his father, he's like, well, I, I encourage your father not to punish you too harshly for that, because any one of us would have done the same with what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. And you know what uh, he also, Habib, said about the money? He said, you can keep my money. You can keep the money that you're holding. I hope you won't. Cho- I hope. I hope it won't get stuck in your throat. Which I don't really understand that comment. Yeah, like you're, or you'll choke on it. Or choke, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's... But, and this isn't the first time he's turned down money from the UFC before because essentially they used him as a bargaining chip at UFC 205 to get uh, Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez to fight at a lesser rate. Because Eddie Alvarez and Conor McGregor were set to fight. Conor McGregor wanted $7 million for that fight. Eddie Alvarez wanted $1 million, but that's just kind of what they demand. Yeah. And so Dana White brought Habib into this and said, well, we can bring him into this fight, and he'll have to fight one of you guys. And, you know, probably won't be the same, because this was the big matchup at the time. And both those guys, not only did they not want to fight Habib, because that's a terrible fight for either of them in that yeah. situation, who wasn't training for him. Yeah. Um, they said, they said, okay, no, let's make it work with us two. And then uh, Alvarez ended up taking 500000 McGregor ended up taking about $3 million or something like that. And then they said to Habib, they're like, we'll give you $1,000 because we kind of used you in this. 
and you didn't get anything out of it. And he said, no, I want to fight someone. And then so they gave him Michael Johnson, who was a pretty good fighter, and Habib wiped the floor with him. Oh, and, and so this is this has a little bit of a history, too. Yeah. It's, uh, the fight game is interesting. What? Yeah, what an interesting... Um subplot with how they do the contract negotiations and stuff. That's and that, that's the thing with the UFC. They're not putting best matchup, like best fighter against best fighter together. No. That's not what they're doing. They're in the game of selling fights. This they're, Sometimes the best matchups happen, to, but not always. To be quite honest, they're in the game of what WWE has done so, for so long. Yeah. They, you put the marquee matchup out there. It doesn't matter if the match is no good. You put the big name out there. Yeah. That's why Brock Lesnar keeps on coming back. That's right. why GSP keeps on coming back. That's why Chael Sonnen, who doesn't have the best record, was a huge draw because he would talk so much shit. And, and people loved him. And people loved him. And they would tune in either A, to see him get his ass kicked, or B, see him kick somebody's he ass. Chael Sonnen is a, is, a, is a WWE perfect fit as well. Mm-hmm. If he ever wanted to do anything, he could do that to a T. Yep. So yeah, craziness in the UFC, um, and I know we don't talk about UFC a lot, but I think this this had to be talked about. This was fucking insane. So, so, and you know what? It, to be honest, it was a slow sports week. <laughs> <laughs> but that was well worth the time. That was well, and and it was so slow. And we and I was talking to Mike, and I was saying, you know, what do we talk about? And then we get some NBA. <laughs> And Jimmy Butler came to our fucking rescue. Yeah. We going were, we, out just talking shit about everybody on his team. We were trying not to talk <laughs> about him again for the NBA, but it's uh, it's impossible to ignore at this point. Oh, my God. He just – he had a – they had the first – the first practice that he attended uh, was yesterday. And all reports were saying – because there's a lot of reporters there saying it was very intense. Uh, he called out basically everybody, Tom Timido, Cat uh, Wiggins – the, the GM. The GM he actually got said, it. He actually says to the GM, you fucking need me to win. You can't win without me. Can't win without me. Uh, also reports that, I guess, Jimmy Butler took the end end of the bench reserves. So basically, like, like because there's a 15-man roster, he took 11 through 15, whatever the thing is, and him. And he I guess they wiped the floor with the starters. Wow. Wiped <laughs> the fucking floor with them. So he was just... Firing and just going off. Uh, and then he had an interview two hours later on Rachel Nichols' The Jump Show on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. ESPN. I'm sure it was a coincidence that all this happened right before this massive yes, ESPN yes. interview. Like, this wasn't thought out or anything. And then she asks him about it, and he says, yeah, everything everything that was reported is true. That's what happened. And then she asks if uh, now that this has happened and it's out there, are things going to get better? And he's like, honestly, no. <laughs> he's like some people some people might think it will I'm paraphrasing he's like some people might think it will but probably not <laughs> so there you go uh, so he's trying to prove a point here for one he's trying to draw interest from other teams and show what he's all yeah. about and you know whether he admits it or not he's trying to make them look bad but <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah he's trying to make and, he's, and not just the players he's trying to make the coach look bad and which is crazy because I thought he had a good relationship with Thibodeau so that that's that well, well he said at the end of the Rachel Nichols interview that um, he said he thinks secretly Thibodeau loves this. He says, he says, I know him. He says, when he closes the door, he's smiling at all this because he wants the same thing that Jimmy Butler is trying to get out of these guys. He wants these guys to care. Yep. Like, well, 
I, and like I, I'm surprised I agree with Jimmy Butler because I think he, I didn't think he was going about this the right way. But the things he's saying, I understand what he's saying here. Um, he's saying, "Am I tough on them? Yeah, that that's who I am. I'm not the most talented player. Who is on this team? Carl Anthony Towns. Who's the most God gifted player on this team? Wiggins. Wiggins got the longest arms, got the biggest hands. He can jump the highest. He can run the fastest. <clears throat> who plays the hardest? Me. Yeah." And, and you know what? When you get to the pros, that's what separates you. It's everyone has talent, some not as much as others, but it depends on how hard you work. The guys that, that consistently win are the hardest workers, and they get everyone to buy in with them. That's, that is why LeBron James is in the finals eight fucking years in a row. That is the hardest working man in the NBA. And he's, he's the best combination of talent and hardest work. Exactly. And Jimmy <clears throat> Butler uh, is trying to make the T-Wolves understand that. And Wiggins and Towns don't sound like they give a fuck. Doesn't to be honest. Doesn't sound like it. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if Thibodeau does secretly like this and if he's okay with this whole thing. Because he's, I bet you he thinks this team needs a wake up, whether Jimmy Butler's here or not. That's true. Like the best scenario might be like he does this, wakes up the team, they end up dealing him for an insane package, and then Wiggins and Towns go off, and it's like the best of both worlds or something. Yeah. Have you seen the latest reports as to what those packages are at this point? No, I have not. It has, it's changed a lot. Like, we've been talking about it for three weeks, and it's changed basically every week, and I'm loving what it's looking like right now. If we were talking about what we were talking about last week with well, Siakam and Anobi, yeah. or before that, a combination of Lowry and then a young player and a draft pick, something like yeah. that, uh, it's got a lot better here. Uh, so they uh, just on uh, Bleacher Report here, they did a list about potential teams that he could be traded for and what it would take now. I'm going to just go straight down to the Toronto one because we were talking about this before here. So uh, Raptors go all in. And look at this. To the Timberwolves, they're talking about Anob- Anobi, Danny Green, and Norman Powell. Ooh, all right. I, I got to believe that doesn't get it done. I, I, I don't know... If this is wishful thinking or what, but if, yeah. if something even close to that gets it done, I'd say it would already be done. Yeah, like... Wouldn't what? it? Why wouldn't... But is there... Is, I'm pretty sure... Is there a rule in the NBA that you can't trade a guy... Oh, no, wait, that's after a free agent signing. Yeah, it'd be Okay, sorry. Yeah. I thought... I Talking about Danny Green. Yeah, Danny yeah. Green, but it's after free agent signing. Yeah, so no, you, have, you, you have to keep him for at least 90 days or something like that. Yeah, you could trade Danny Green. It's weird that that's, you would bring uh, him in just to trade him, but it's possible in that man. scenario. But but what what this article tells me more than anything else, if it is accurate, which you know that that one that one is hard to believe. So I hope that's true. But the the cost of them has gone down. If, if it has to go down, because let if the the T Wolves knowing his feelings and how he's basically one foot out the door, and he's going to outwork his whole team, which is the most pathetic thing. He's got one foot out the door, and he's still going to outwork all those kids. That's just fucking pathetic. Yeah. But if. You cannot hold on to him and lose him for nothing. You know he's leaving. Get something for him. We are our sports prediction. To be quite, to be quite honest, you kind of you kind of uh, like um, exploited the Bulls when you got him. True, because Zach Levine's not that good. <laughs> and uh, who else did they dunk. trade? They they traded Chris Dunn, who's been hurt the last year and a half or whatever. Yeah. Chris Dunn should be a good player, but like you said, yeah, it's, he's if, if he's not, so on they the kind of fleece the Bulls a little bit. Yeah. And so why wouldn't like why wouldn't you get something for him? I yeah, not I don't know. Pat ourselves on the, the back here. We predicted this a couple weeks ago. We we said that if this doesn't get done soon, the offers are going to get worse. Yes, we and, did. And I think it's going to happen. That's why now you're seeing stuff come out like, oh, maybe the T Wolves are thinking about keeping 
Jimmy yes, Butler. Yes. And, and that's because they're like, well, we got to get these offers going again. Like, this is yeah. insane. That's exactly it. And, and the thing is, is that... Because apparently the Heat are out now. The, the Heat are done talking to them for the time being, as of whatever, yesterday. Well, I guess they had, they had something in place... And then at the last minute, they came back with another another player that they wanted in the deal. Oh or my god! The T Wolves did. So it was like the Heat were like, "No, oh, fuck off." Well, like, this is tough because they don't want to trade them. They would prefer to keep them. It would be in their best interest to keep them. It, they would, except they're going to lose them. And that's the right. thing: the longer you hold on to them, that's why the they less, trade them. The less time, like you can't you can't go to a team and say, "Look, you're going to get them for a whole year." You know, uh, it's the mistake the Senators made with Carlson. Exactly. Instead of cheering out the trade deadline last year, they could have got so much more because you could have said, you're going to get two playoff runs with this guy if he doesn't sign with you. Two. Yeah, we always Now, yeah. you only get one. We always tell it like the Belichick way where it's better to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. And that, that can hurt you too because you can give up on a guy too soon. Like maybe they did that with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a young guy. Maybe they should have kept. So yeah. just, just as an example, but like it can hurt you, but holding on too long will absolutely hurt you. Yeah. Without a doubt. So thank you, Jimmy Butler, for creating some news. You're just you're just coming through for us, buddy. One of the funny things I can't wait till you come to the Raptors. Let's do it. What he also let's do it. What he also said to to Carl Anthony Towns every time I get switched out to you, you pass the ball. Like go at me, man. You're you're like a you're like a seven foot you know guy that can yeah, that some can skills. Dri- yeah, it was that can dribble and drive the lane, and you're like, nope, don't want any part of you. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, get it done, Raptors. Yeah. You know what I say? Fuck it. Let's go. Let's. All in for one year. So what if we got to suffer for 10 after this? Let's fucking do it. Well, with the way those offers are looking, you won't have to suffer for that well, long. Giving up, giving up one young guy for that? Maybe you amazing. wait a week and maybe it's not an Obi anymore. <laughs> yeah, if it's just Norman Powell and a draft pick, let's do it. Yes, yes. Okay, so the NBA regular season starts on Tuesday, which is quite a bit earlier than usual. Uh, but I was reading that it's to to cut down on the back-to-backs, to cut down from star players resting. They play a lot of back-to-backs. Which, by the way, drives me fucking mental, just by the way. They do uh, Especially, you know what, if you're going to rest the star player, rest him at home. Because when, when LeBron James goes to Memphis for the one time a year or whatever it is, he should be playing. Because there's people that pay hard-earned money to see that man play. That's, you play fucking basketball. Play. That's a massive bummer to those fans when you, exactly. when, you when you buy a ticket to go out to that to that venue and you, it, they're expensive as hell and you got to yeah. buy your ten dollar beer and your twenty dollar food. I hate that in all sports. Like hockey doesn't do it all that much. Football does it when they've when they've. It's kind of been like okay, we've 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 got the playoff seat locked up. We don't want anyone to get hurt. So it's kind of like accepted. And they tend to announce it a little bit early. Like, yeah. uh, I don't mean, I don't know if that helps yeah. fans any, but uh, baseball will sit guys here and there, but it's a 162 game season. And it's one of those things where generally like if it, like you can, it's a three game series. So you can pick one of the games that they'll be there for. Like, so you have a better chance, but the way NBA player or NBA coaches, sitting players drive me mental, but that's, and and they it, it it can be a total surprise. They'll just show up one day. The Spurs did do it Spurs, a lot. Spurs did it a lot, uh, but they don't have really anyone that anyone wanted uh, to watch. They're a great basketball team, but there was no one exciting with them. Exactly, exactly. So I got my uh, how I think the East and West are going to break down for standings, and then my NBA Finals prediction, which is like not going out on a limb at all. I'm just staying rooted to the ground, just going with the safe way. So. In the East, they're going to go from bottom to top. In the 15th seed, I think it's going to be the Bulls. I just think they're 
dumpster fire. Then the Hawks, the Nets, the Knicks. I don't think the Heat are going to be that good. The Magic just seem to be stuck in like the 10th or 11th seed. I don't think they know what they're doing. They got a few pieces, like they got Nola yeah. Depot and things like that. But but then no, no, Nola Depot's with uh, the Pacers. Oh right, jeez. They have about that. they have Aaron Gordon, and they went out and drafted another fucking center, and it was just like you got all front court guys and no back court guys. It makes no sense. The Hornets. Um, I think this is the last kick at the can with having uh, Kemba Walker there. Right. And I think he's going to leave after that, but I don't think they're going to make it. Cavs are going to are still going to make it as the 8th seed. And that's more because the East is shit. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest. The Pacers will be the 7th seed. The Wizard, Wizards will be the 6th seed because that's just what they are. They, like, they never change. They got enough weapons to be in that spot all the time. Uh, the Pistons, are gonna, I'm saying, are going to go to the 5th seed. I think Dwayne Casey is going to inject something into that team. He's going to have Andre Drummond do his thing. He's going to inject. It's called defense is oh, what defense, he's going to inject. Right. Uh, the Greek Freak is going to lead the Bucks uh, to 4th seed. Uh, the Sixers are going to be the third. Raptors in the second slot. Celtics in the first. This is obviously if guys are healthy. Just I look at the Celtics roster and how do you not? How, how do you like? Yeah. <laughs> you just look at who they got in their starting lineup. And you're like, well, how the fuck else? Like they got to be first. Unless the Raptors go out and get Jimmy Butler, then I'm switching that shit around because that D is going to be disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Then in the West, 15 seeds, Grizzlies. Uh, Mark Gasol is going to look old. So very old. Yeah. Uh, the Kings are a dumpster fire. They'll be 14. Suns will get a little bit better. They'll be 13. The Mavericks at 12. Clippers at 11. I don't believe in them at all. No, they're not very good. Uh, the Nuggets, are, I believe they made the playoffs last year. I think they're going to regress. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be in 10th. The Timberwolves are going to miss. See them missing the playoffs Because now. they're going to trade Jimmy Butler. After they made it the year before yes. with Jimmy Butler. Yes, I, I think they're going to trade him soon. Yeah. And they're going to miss the playoffs. That's what I think. Yep. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to get the Pelicans into the 8th seed, but then he'll be gone as a free agent the next year. He's, uh, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Uh, Spurs will be the 7th seed. Uh, you can't – you just – it's a Popovich team. How do they not make the playoffs? Well, and they didn't get they, – I mean, they, they lost Kawhi Leonard, but they got DeMar DeRozan, who Popovich is going to love. They're going to do smart things with yep. him. They'll know, they'll know how to use him. They'll use Jacopoto off the bench nicely. So they made some nice uh, pieces out of that Kawhi deal. Uh, Jazz, 6th seed. Lakers will be the fifth seed. Uh, I think LeBron's going to get those. It, I think there's going to be a learning curve. In the first month, the Lakers are not going to look great. It's kind of going to look like... Um, remember when he went to the Heat? And it looked all disjointed and weird yeah. for the first month. I think it's going to look like that. And then the kids are going to figure out how to play with them. And mm-hmm. then they're going to take off. And they're going to have some crazy-ass run. <clears throat> yeah. Like December or January. And I, I think that this is almost one of those things, too, where it's like... This is like LeBron's going here almost for like his... It's like his legacy. It's not that he wants to stop winning or he's going to lose any of that drive. Yeah. Because he's amazing at that. But this is like... If they don't win in the first year, it wouldn't be the end of the world... Probably. I also think... It would be for him. He wouldn't appreciate it. He but, wouldn't appreciate yeah. it. I also think he knows that he's on... This is the last... The, not the twilight, but he's, he's he's in the sunset of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A., I think he wants to be a uh, movie producer after his career is done. That kind of thing. He wants to be a mogul he in wants basically mogul. everything. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I think... He's a wine. He's huge into wine. Yeah. I, I read today that he shares wine with his with his two oldest kids. Yeah, go for it, LeBron. Do your thing, yeah. man. Um, I also think his wife don't, didn't want to live in Cleveland anymore. Just saying. I've never, I've never been to Cleveland. The I don't winters know. of L.A. or the winters of Cleveland. Yeah. Where the fuck do I want to be? Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, Trailblazers will be the fourth seed. Thunder will be the third seed. Russell Westbrook's a fucking beast. Mm -hmm. The Rockets will be the two seed. Warriors will be the one. Warriors will beat the Celtics in the NBA final. Uh, if the Raptors get Jimmy Butler, Raptors beat the Warriors. Let's do it. You know what? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't lay it out uh, pick by pick like you did. But I do. I, I want to disagree with you on one thing, and I'm going to get accused of being a homer here. I think the the Raptors are going to the finals this year. Either, okay. either way, I, I think Kawhi is going to be uh, good enough on his own with. It, there's, there could be an argument to be made. The team they have now is the best of every scenario because they have the young guys, they have the superstar, they have Kyle Lowry running the point. So I think they make the finals this year. And and you know what? If they go ahead and get Jimmy Butler, that would certainly help my prediction. But I'm gonna it say sure I'm, I'm gonna say that's what I I'm gonna go with that. All right, let's go Raptors. Let's go. do this. Go get Jimmy Butler. That would just, help. Just listen to us. That's what you need to do. Just listen to us. All right, we're gonna go to some NHL. So the we got some early NHL thoughts. Um, Mike, did you know that John Tavares is from Toronto? Is he? I know. I know he. I didn't. It's it's amazing. Did he grow up liking them? Oh, he has. It's it's amazing. And did you know he picked them over the Islanders? And did you know that they could grow facial hair now? I am so sick of fucking Toronto, and it's three games in. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They've just been liberated. They got. Oh my they... God! You listen. You listen to their broadcasts, and they're basically giving John Tavares a hand job. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! We know he's from Toronto. Calm down. Oh, oh my God! And they—they're acting like they've won the Stanley Cup already. Uh, granted, Matthews and Tavares are on a. Fucking tear for goals, yeah. but they're also allowing a shit ton of goals. You're you're not wrong about any of that, but also I understand why they're excited, and I, I I'm I I'm with them. Go ahead and be excited because you got the number. You got Austin Matthews who looks amazing. John Tavares decided to go there. They're winning some games. They got a good coach, good management. They deserve to be happy. But yeah, I'm sick of hearing about it. Oh my god, <laughs> you know, and that's what you're gonna hear the whole time. Every fucking broadcast. John Tavares, hometown of Toronto. Jesus Christ! But uh, with that being said, I was watching like some of the highlights from the game. Uh, I think it was last night or the night before. Austin Matthews. People hate when you say stuff like this, but Austin Matthews on the ice, he does look like Mario Lemieux, and that doesn't yep. mean that doesn't mean he's as good as him or will be as good as him. But when I'm watching him, that's what I see. I think what you mean is he makes it look easy. Sure, yeah. Mario Mario Lemieux. Made it look easy, and and because and, like, they're not, si they're similar in stature too. Yeah. They're both bigger guys who make it look effortless. That's yes. a great way to put yes. it. Yes, uh, and it's not easy. No, and they would be the first to tell you that. But they they're so talented that they make make it look easy. And he's been deadly on that left flank on the power play. Like he's got a he's got a very underrated shot. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, and I, maybe it's, it's not, not like, but I didn't know about it. It's not like an Ovechkin blast where he just winds up and, and you're not even going to see it. He does these fucking snap and wrist shots, and it's just there's no backswing, and he's putting them yeah. like top shelf. Yeah, crazy. Uh, also, um, some things that I noticed: Jonathan Taves off to a hot start. He scored uh, five goals in three games last year. He scored. I think it was 19, 19 or 20 goals, which is his lowest yeah. in years. So They were saying he was working on his mental game this offseason. They said it wasn't as much physical. They were working on mental things with him. And he's with Captain Sirius? Yeah, with Captain Sirius. And he's, right. he's feeling a lot better. Hey. Okay, there you go. Well, also not making the playoffs. He's probably more rested. 
Because yeah, that, that, that helps. That is a real fucking thing. Just by the way, that, that is real. That Chicago team played so many games. You see yep. it happening to the Kings now too. They, yes, they played the Kings a lot of games. Old. It old, just old, it ages old. you quickly when you're yep. playing those long playoff series. But um, that's the way you want it. I'm surprised by Anaheim with their start. They're three and one to start. That surprised the shit out of me. Uh, Arizona not scoring a goal in two games. That doesn't surprise me too much. <laughs> Um, yeah. Scoring is crazy up compared to, like old like, is up compared to the averages of last year. But then I was looking at last year's like first two weeks numbers, and they're almost they're the also same. up. Yeah, they're also. But they changed some goalie equipment. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They they made the chest protectors smaller or more streamlined and stuff. So I didn't notice by looking at it. But. No, but I obviously the the shooters have seen it because yeah. they're scoring more goals. And you know what? I like it. I like it. The coaches hate it. The, Defense hates it, but man, I like seeing seven four, seven five games. That's some fun shit. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, the for the for the local guys, the Flames have been off to a nice start too. Here, like I mean, better than they have been in the past. So it's nothing. They to, did start the season off with a loss because that's Flames tradition. But that's what you have to do. And then they've won three straight since then, so that's nice. Or two uh, straight, two straight, two straight, and then they lost straight. tonight. Uh, yeah, they were going for three tonight. And they was, lost. Was is it official? Did they lose to St. Louis? It was before we changed the channel, I think. Well, it was de- <laughs> it was 4-1. We, we couldn't be there all the time. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Oh, is that it? Looks like uh, 5-3. 5-3. Oh, they're making... Oh, Backlund just scored. There you go. They did come back. Their power play has been better. The, the game... Yes. The first game of the season started off terrible, and the big thing from last year was that the power play was not very good, and when they started off 0-7 in the first game of the season, uh, people were just all over them for that, saying, well, what's changed? Nothing's changed. You know, Fire I, the coach. I thought that myself. I was like, Jesus Christ, you did. You brought in a new coach, and you, and one of the assistant coach that coaches they brought in was a power play specialist. Uh, Jeff Ward. Yes, and and it was like oh for seven, and you're like oh fuck, like is it is it a player thing? But I wasn't I wasn't panicking after and, game and one because it looked better. I was yes. watching the games and they looked better. Yes, um, I will say though their D has not looked great. Besides that Nash, even that Nashville game, it didn't look great. Mike Smith played well, mm-hmm. uh, but they're letting there's a lot of two on ones and three on two breaks and stuff and. It's not not great, but and I think they might be finding their own a little bit too because they got Valamaki is playing almost twenty minutes a, a night with them here. Yeah, so he's he's a rookie playing a lot of minutes. Um, Hamanek, yeah. Hamanek is out with an injury right off the bat. They called hey, up Rasmussen. I was going to ask you, what'd you think about that fight? Uh, yeah, standing I, up for. Uh, yeah. I wish he didn't have to, but I don't blame him at all. And I and I understand he's he's the type of guy that's going to do that every time. You know what? That's something we didn't see last year. That was nice. No, nobody did it. We had Furland on this team, and nobody did. Shoot the puck! Oh, there it goes. Yeah, Every, um, everyone would tell you Hamannik is just going to do that for anybody on this team. That's the type yeah, of guy. Yeah, and that's good because that's galvanizing too. They see that this guy's work is trying to uh, is going to stick up for the young kid on the roster, yeah. and and that's. That's good for the team to see. And it's it's nice that that happens because we're not in the era where you can carry a McGratton on the team anymore. They they have uh, Anthony Peluso who would be the closest thing to that, but he wasn't in the lineup. So Hamannick said he's going to take it into his own hands. And Gabranson's yeah. just a big, tough guy. So that's just good. Well, that like, just Gab- happened. Gabranson like, apologized for it. He apologized for both. He apologized yeah. for breaking Hamannick's face yeah. and for hitting Dubé. Well, I mean, if Hamannick's... <laughs> what a nice guy. If Hamannick's going to fight him, he can't not punch back. So that's just... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you could be like Brad Marchand and just punch the dude while he's got um, his gloves on. 
you know, you could do that. Yeah, I didn't like that. El- I didn't like what Ellers did with well, the celebration. But you know what? Uh, I Eller, don't like Eller deserved it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, he, and, and, and I love hating on Brad Marchand. And he did get his gloves off eventually. But you know what? When you score the seventh goal of a game, don't Just don't keep, be keep showing your celebration off. down. Don't be showing off. Like, keep your celebration down. You know? It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, something I was looking at. That, that's the thing. With the, the, the eye test for the Flames, I feel like they're passing that a little bit better. They, I can tell the bottom six changes they've made have helped. There's no, there's no Matt Stajan. There's no Troy Brower. Like, what you're saying is there's no slow guys. There's no, yeah, there's no Chris Versteeg. There's no Yarmir Yager. There's no yeah. Chris Stewart. There's no Freddie Hamilton. There's no Tanner Glass. Like, yeah. They've replaced them with a Dylan Dubé and Elias Lindholm. And yeah, it, they got they injected it with speed and skill because yeah. it it's not just speed that oh my god whoa <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoa we had a scramble there yeah. St Louis almost scored um, it's not you don't just need speed you need speed and skill uh, in today's game and they did a Tree Living did a good job on early returns on showing that we have got that so that's good. I'm I'm a bigger fan of Elias Lindholm than I thought I would be too. He's a different player than I thought he was. He's yeah. He's uh he's kind of got a ruggedness and a toughness to him that I really like. So uh, I'm su- surprised, pleasantly surprised by him. And I think Hanavin, uh, Hanafin is taking a little while to get into it. But a defenseman do that. Like it happens with defense when you switch yep. teams. You see it with Hamannick in his last season. Well, Dougie Hamilton's not lighting the world on fire. In Carolina yet? No, he's actually playing on the second pairing right now. Did you see the uh, traditional? Whenever Dougie Hamilton gets traded, the article comes out. Yes, that about he, the museums. About that he has a teammate that likes to go to museums with him, and how this is uh, not a bad thing, and all oh this stuff. Oh my god! And I'm like, this is such a stupid article. I read the exact same thing when he got traded from Boston to Calgary. Yeah, and like. Like, that's the big reason he got traded. It's no. obviously not. Do you think Mark Giordano is the captain in Calgary? Do you think if he had a player on his team that preferred, instead of going out to bars and drinking, he preferred going out and doing cultural things? Do you think that would bother a guy like Mark Giordano? Yeah, exactly. He would love that. He yeah. would encourage that. Yeah, because he'd, he'd be like, oh, good, I don't have to worry about you, like, like beating up a cab driver, Patrick King. <laughs> You know, like, Jesus Christ. So, and, and I hate these articles because it makes the team that Dougie Hamilton came from look like knuckle draggers. And it yes. Makes the, and it makes yes. the teams that he went to seem like they're Neanderthals. Yeah. I think, like, I, think, I think the Yo Come On Sports uh, Twitter account tweeted something exactly like that. Yep. And, uh, so you got to follow us. Yeah. Follow us, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's, that's all the thoughts I got on the NHL. It's still early. Yeah, you know, no, obviously. there's not too much going on. It's really early going, so... Uh, it's fun to be back. I think I was a little. Uh, you used a great word last week, disenchanted. I think I was disenchanted from hockey last season for whatever reason. I don't know if I didn't like the team or not, but uh, I've watched every game so far, and I'm I'm glad it's back. It's it's yes, fun. good yes. time of year. All right, now we're gonna go to some NFL. All right, we're gonna do the gut feel segment. But I got a little treat for Mikey here. I got I got some inspiration Let's do for it. his Bring picks because he's, he's been having a rough go. There we go. Feel like I gotta loosen up. I've taken a little bit of a beating here this season. All right, taking taking some licks. Taking I'm some licks, but be like Rocky. 
We are like Rocky. Let's do this. On the season, we are six wins and nine losses, so we're not making <laughs> we're not making any money right now. We are three games under breaking even, and it's time to come back here. So, but this week, this week, we're making some money for you people. And you know what? As I was making some money, as I was wallowing in my own self pity this week, I was checking out some other people's uh, picks, and I'm trying to figure out how everyone's doing here. And I'm happy to say it made me feel a lot better because <laughs> nobody's nobody's really doing that good this year. It's been a little unpredictable. Most guys who are doing good are about a game over 500 basically or two games over 500 something like that in the least surprising news gambling is hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking thought and uh, the guys on the local station were doing some funny stuff i know a guy went a guy went over six last week on his picks and then someone else went oh for three and the guy that went over three said he was going to get his mom to call in and he would do his picks <laughs> his mom was going to do his picks for him uh the following week, so everyone's having fun with go. it. But I'm going to change it up a little bit this week. I'm focusing on two games in particular. We're still going to do three bets, but I'm, I'm looking at two games, and we're going to do a couple totals here as well as a pick against the spread. So uh, the one game I'm looking at here is Baltimore at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee at home in this one. Baltimore is a three-point uh, underdog or three-point favorite in this game. It's Baltimore minus three. So I'm looking at Tennessee at home. There's a big trend going on right now where underdogs playing at home are covering at an incredible rate. So although I've been on Baltimore a lot this year, uh, I'm kind of looking towards Tennessee in this game at their plus three. I, I'm looking to try to take more plus numbers. I've been taking a lot of favorites, and it hasn't been working out, so I'm going to go with a plus number. I like that too because yeah. they, got, they got beat by Buffalo last week, Tennessee, and you know that they're going to be pissed. And they play up. I think Tennessee's that team that plays up or down to their competition, depending yes. on who they're playing. I would agree with that. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore, they're going to get up for, and they'll. I would agree with that. So I think this is going to be a really close game. They're both a little bit similar teams. They both have top ten defenses and yards allowed. Uh, the points given up, they're both really good. The Ravens given up the third most points, or the third least amount of points. They're third in the league in points given up, and the Titans are fifth. And uh, so. I, I think this is going to be defensive battle. That's why I'm also looking at the total in this game at 42, and I'm going to go under the 42. So I'm doing two bets in this game. Okay. So it's either going to do well or it's going to screw me for the weekend. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm looking at here. The Titans are also 29th in points scored in the league this season. Yeah, they So not, not very good. So that kind of plays into a low number in this well, game, two, too. Well, two games, 12-9 one game, and then 9-6 another game. They beat, yeah. they beat Jacksonville, 9-6. Yeah. So they got a great defense, but they got having trouble scoring. So I have liked Baltimore throughout the season. Their defense is really good, and Flacco's rejuvenated. But I'm going to go with Tennessee plus three, and then under the 42 on that one. And then the other game that we were going on here is the Tampa Bay-Atlanta. I was looking at a couple things first. I'm not going to go against the spread here, but I'm going to go with the total in this game. It's a 57.5, and, and I am going over. That's a big number to begin with, but I think it's going to be big. Um, over the last four games combined for Atlanta, their average score has been 66.5. Um, for the Bucks in their last four games, four out of five games, their total has been 61 in games they've played. And you don't think there's going to be a little regression from Jameis? Being this first, I, oh, I guess he, had, he was coming off a bye week, though. I wouldn't be surprised with a little bit of regression just because it's his first game of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised with a little bit of that. But what I'm banking on is that the defenses on both teams don't want to stop anybody. That's true. So, well, Atlanta can't stop anybody. They're so hurt. Oh, with Deion Jones being out, that just crushed their linebacking core. Yeah. And it, it basically changed their entire defense. So yep. neither team can stop anybody. And I think they're going to be good at moving the ball. I think this is going to be a high-scoring one. And I'm going to go over 57 and a half. And those are the three bets of the week. Let's see if we can turn this around there and get we back go. in He'll, the positives. Listen, take that to the bank. We played the Rocky music. Like, we are on fucking point. Take it to the bank. And you know what? 
just because we don't talk about UFC a lot, Connor's going to take us out. Have a good night, everybody.